This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome to Plated Earth, where we share at least a fraction of the crazy, wonderful, and insightful stories of produce. I'm your host, JJ. Plated Earth is also the official podcast of the Specialty Produce app. Please show your support for us and Specialty Produce by downloading the app and exploring one of the globe's most comprehensive fresh food databases. So what's on our plate today? Amaranth. You may be scratching your head at today's topic, as it's not exactly a common kitchen ingredient, at least not yet. Amaranth is following in line with other ancient so-called superfoods, like chia seeds and quinoa, which have enjoyed a renaissance in recent years. Just as quinoa was a sacred mother grain to the Incas, so amaranth was to the Aztecs. Amaranth's Aztec name translates as king seed, and it was regarded as a grain of the gods. While it disappeared into the shadows for quite some time, we'll double back down its dark path a little later, today amaranth is reclaiming its powerful status and gaining recognition as a high-protein plant that could easily figure into the solution for world hunger. Now that sounds like a real superpower. Let's unmask this hero of the plant world. Amaranth is a vibrant, flowering plant with edible greens and seeds. Its many species are known by a variety of nicknames around the world such as Chinese spinach, pigweed, chali in parts of India, rajjira, meaning royal grain, in northern India, cowpeas leaves in Africa, and kalaloo in the West Indies. There are about 60 species in the amaranth plant family that are native to the Americas, with a few additional species native to Europe, Africa, and Asia. The three most widespread species that are grown for their edible seeds are commonly known as red amaranth, prince's feather, and love lies bleeding. The first two are native to Mexico and Guatemala, while Love Lies Bleeding comes from South America and is also widely distributed in India. This species originated as one of the staple foods for the ancient inhabitants of the Andean region, and it got its name from the Victorians, based on its long, drooping tails of flower heads, made up of hundreds of tiny, deep crimson blossoms. English explorers of the Victorian era loved to collect exotic plants. And in the Victorian language of flowers, amaranth represents hopeless love. This unique and beautiful species is often used as an ornamental. Google pictures of it and you'll see why. And it is even used to make a red dye. So in general, amaranth plants grow very tall, often over two meters. And they produce bushy, vivid, lime green, gold, or violet red flowers, depending on the type. Though some ornamental amaranths don't have such flashy flowers and instead sprout lively leaves that range from deep blood red to light green with purple veins. Their name comes from the Greek amaranthos, meaning the never-fading, or the one that does not wither. True to this title, the flowers of the amaranth plant will retain their vibrancy, even after they are harvested and even dried. Once the flower is dried, the seeds simply shake out with no husk or casing to remove. The seeds are about the size of a pinhead, one millimeter in diameter, and are typically white to cream-colored, though you'll normally find a few rogue black seeds mixed in, and at least one variety is known to have darker pigmented seeds all around. And although even the ancient Aztecs called amaranth a grain of the gods, it's actually an imposter, 
not a true cereal grain by definition, as it does not belong to the grain family like oats and wheat. However, because the tiny seeds have a nutritional makeup comparable to those of other cereal grains, like corn and rice, and because it has been utilized in traditional diets spanning thousands of years in the same way as the true cereals, amaranth has earned its place at the grain family table, even if it's technically a pseudo-cereal. Amaranth is a protein powerhouse, about 13 to 14 percent protein to be exact, which easily outdoes the protein content of most other grains. A single cup of amaranth seeds will give you about an 8 or 9 gram serving of protein. Amaranth contains more essential amino acids than any other plant source, lysine in particular, and is second only to quinoa as a plant-based source of iron. It's good for your heart and has been shown in lab tests to reduce cholesterol. It has good amounts of calcium and potassium and is also reportedly the only quote-unquote grain that contains vitamin C. Last but not least, it's naturally gluten-free. Gluten is the major protein found in many, but not all, grains and is responsible for the elasticity in dough, allows for leavening, and contributes chewiness to baked products. And while the seed might be hogging the spotlight, amaranth leaves offer benefits of their own. They are nutritionally similar to Swiss chard and spinach, though genetically they are closer to their wild ancestors, and offer a far superior source of carotene, iron, calcium, protein, vitamin C, and trace elements. Okay, so to recap, Amaranth is a nutritionally complete, protein-packed plant food that has all of the essential amino acids needed by the human body, without gluten. No wonder it's a hot topic when it comes to solving world hunger. Plus, it's a drought and early frost-tolerant plant. It prefers high elevation to low, but is impressively adaptable and can grow well in moist, loose soil with good drainage at almost any elevation and in just about any temperate climate. Once established, it can even thrive in drought-stricken, low-water conditions, such as in sub-Sahara Africa, generating seeds even with up to 40 days of no rain, making it an especially valuable crop in the dry season. And like many heroes, amaranth has a long, colorful, and partly tragic history. It has been a staple in Mesoamerica for thousands of years, and was first collected as a wild food, think hunter-gatherer era, as the seeds, though small, are produced in abundance and are easily collected. It's native to the Americas, specifically Peru, where the Aztecs cultivated it six to 8,000 years ago. It was second in importance only to corn as part of the Aztec diet and culture. The Aztecs didn't just grow amaranth for consumption, but they also used the seeds in religious ceremonies, creating idols in their gods' images using amaranth seeds and agave, which were then worshipped before being broken and distributed to the people to eat. And okay, sometimes there was another secret ingredient, human blood as a sacrifice to the gods. But when Cortes and his Spaniards landed in the New World in the 16th century, they initiated forceful tactics, not only as a military strategy intended to weaken the Aztecs for easier conquest, but also as a conversion strategy intended to convert Aztecs to Christianity and eliminate any pagan practices of the indigenous religion. This tragically involved outlawing foods like amaranth that were sacred to such quote-unquote heathen rituals. They criminalized the cultivation of amaranth just as they did with the quinoa plant in South America. Punishment for disobeying was severe to say the least. Anyone who was caught in possession of amaranth or found growing it risked having his or her hands cut off. But in true never-fading fashion, as the amaranth name implies, 
complete eradication of this culturally vital plant proved to be impossible. Thankfully, enough people considered its value worth the risk. Amaranth plants flew under the radar as the seeds were spread around the world to climates ranging from temperate to tropical, but they also survived as a staple crop of Mexico and parts of South America. Both leaves and seeds became important food sources in areas of Africa, India, and Southeast Asia, though they are more readily eaten as a vegetable as opposed to being cultivated as a grain in those areas. Over the past two decades, the plant has even reached farmers in many more non-native regions like China and Russia. It was introduced as a food source here in the United States in the 1970s, and you can now find small-scale cultivation in the Midwest, such as in Iowa and Nebraska, and even out east in Long Island, New York. Speaking of food source, how exactly is this super non-grain used? Although several species are often viewed as little more than annoying weeds, people around the world value amaranth as leaf vegetables, cereals, and ornamental plants. As I mentioned, the plants are consumed as a green vegetable, both raw and cooked, primarily in Asian cultures. The younger leaves are mild and tender, while the more mature plants are slightly fibrous and develop a bitter flavor. Although edible, the blossoms usually indicate that the leaves are past their prime for eating. The young leaves can be slightly astringent when raw, somewhat peppery depending on the type, but are also nutty and mild, similar to spinach. The larger, more mature leaves are best for stewing or braising similar to a chard or beet green. Amaranth seeds were traditionally prepared like corn, cooked like oatmeal, popped like popcorn, or ground into flour for tortillas and tamales, and can be used for other flour-based products like bread, noodles, cookies, and more. Amaranth seeds are fast cooking and don't require soaking. Cooked amaranth behaves a little differently than other whole grains, as it never completely loses its crunch. Instead, the inside softens while maintaining enough outer integrity to offer a nice pop when you bite in. In India, Mexico, Nepal, and Peru, amaranth is used as a traditional ingredient for breakfast porridge. In Mexico, amaranth is used in a favorite treat called dulce de alegría, a sweet candy-like confection made from popped amaranth mixed with sugar or honey, sometimes folded together with pumpkin seeds or chocolate, similar fashion as a Rice Krispie treat. Wait a minute, does that process sound familiar? Mixing popped amaranth and sweet agave syrup or honey and shaping it into a treat? Or should I say idol? To the ancient Aztecs, this treat was known as zoali, T-Z-O-A-L-L-I. And today, those same treats that were found at the center of religious rituals are now called alegrías and can be found in bakeries and stores throughout Mexico and the southwestern United States. And once again, the secret lies in the name. Alegría is the Spanish word for joy. Always nice when a potentially tragic tale has a happy ending after all. Well, folks, that concludes this week's episode. As always, you can find more information, recipe ideas, and local market shares on the Specialty Produce app. Tune in next time for more food fables. And remember... Cauliflower is nothing but a cabbage with a college education. We'll catch you next time.